0: quick break from our show and thank our sponsors who make this show possible and uh first up is jobber all right you've heard us talk on a lot of the growth segments about putting systems in place to make sure you're winning and you're able to get your hands on data and that you're doing it efficiently and professionally. So uh, we've used Jobber since 2012 and I think that was the year that they opened up. Um, I run a company called Green Again Lawn and we've used it since day one at Green Again. And again, it is everything from reporting to mapping and routing your clients to invoicing, quoting. You can collect payments easily on there. Um, They make it super simple. So we appreciate our partnership with Jobber and uh, we love those guys over there also we've got intentional growth advisors if you're looking at merging with a company buying or selling a company um, look no further than iga intentional growth advisors Um, they also do green industry coaching consulting to help you implement spreadsheets systems um, and operational uh, tactics as well so they'll come in on the ground level and actually help you with the operations so now uh Appreciate our sponsors. We're going to head back to the show and uh, hope you guys enjoy this one. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're out there hustling, growing your business, growing yourself, being intentional. Moving forward, wanted to come with you today and uh, hop alongside you and see if we couldn't add some value. We're going to be talking about putting one foot in front of the other. Um, we've all faced challenges this year. Every year in your small business, I can promise you one thing, you're going to have challenges. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be new hurdles. There's going to be new obstacles, and uh, what we have to look at those is we have to view them as opportunities, opportunities for growth. Um, iron sharpens iron. Um, you've got what are what are some other other fun ones that we could we could say. Um, you are refined by fire. All all these quotes that are all leading to one thing, and that is you are going to grow with struggle and struggle is going to happen in your small business and that's that's a guarantee I, I I promise you as you grow and as you scale the problems will become more frequent they will feel heavier you'll feel more weight and so how do we handle those and, and what do we do and and how do we navigate that? I want to uh, I want to start off by discussing this idea of, of one foot in front of the other and, and for me this year, this visual has been um, on my mind a lot because we've had issues that we've, we've never come across. We had uh, team onboarding issues. We've had people leaving the team. We've had equipment issues. We had um, a struggle with, with having to grow. You know, we, we do a lot of door-to-door. We do a lot of print material marketing. And so all of this was coming at us, and we didn't have the solution right away. And sometimes we just had to decide to make the next right move. We had to gather as much information as we had and make a decision as quickly as possible. And whatever we felt was the next right move, the next, next best option, um, that was our one foot in front of the other. Now, I will tell you this, on this journey of putting one foot in front of the other, you must be on the same page with your team of your overarching goal. And sometimes you know you 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 back off of, okay, we wanted to get these sales, And now the goal is, hey, we want to keep the healthy strong and profitable. How do we head in that direction? What does it look like to put one foot in front of the other in that scenario? So wanted to discuss that with you. And I know, especially during this time right now, this time of the year, um, I actually just chatted with uh, a Corey Ballard on Instagram Live. And uh, had, a, had a really good talk with him. I, I talked with him for about 15 minutes before the chat. And then we did like a 35-minute live video. And we talked a lot about this, just about the fact that this time of year seems to be the, the, the biggest time that people start talking about burnout. And, and they want to get out of their business. And they feel run down and bogged down. And that is very, very common. And I want you guys to know... Happens to me, happens to every one of us, but you can't stay in that place. And so we're, we're going to be dropping that audio on the podcast as well. And uh, in that moment, again, you have to go back to why you started, what you like about it, focus on the good. Um, Corey, one of his tips was, you know, make a list of, of pros and cons. Make a list of things that are going good and things that are going bad. And from that list of things that are going bad, or maybe items that you would like to change, what do you have to do? What actionable steps do you have to take to make sure that those bad things are changed they either need to improve they need to be removed they need to be delegated something needs to happen but what are those action steps and and how can you start taking those today not tomorrow today and that is one foot in front of the other so i wanted to give you guys some practical advice around that um I got a funny story here for you. So while it's just me chatting, I'm sure as these podcasts go on and I get a little more comfortable doing them, you'll you'll hear that I love love to tell stories. I love that a a good story can just perfectly paint in color a picture of what's going on and, and a well told story can can make you feel emotions that you wouldn't otherwise feel. So you'll you'll hear me. I'm going to be telling more and more stories. But one story I have for you this may or may not relate. We'll see if I can tie it in. But <clears throat> with growth, you're always going to experience some sort of pain. You're always going to have some level of risk, some level of uh angst. This this is the angst that you feel in your body of Oh my gosh! I'm I'm having to really put money out there. I'm putting myself out there. I'm, you know, I'm maybe it's a personal brand. Maybe you're afraid of what people are going to think of you, or maybe it's a big equipment purchase, and you're worried if you're going to be able to make those payments or get a return on investment. Um, here's a little story for you. So when it was just Brooke and I, we were going from we needed a we needed one more truck. And I had a very, very old Ford F-250, and I actually bought the truck from um, a, a mechanic, and he was, um, unfortunately, he must have been an alcoholic, or I don't know, but he was he uh, had already had a previous DUI, and this truck was one where he had been drinking, hitting the sauce a little bit, and he had uh, clipped... a a light pole or something or a fence and so the whole the whole left side of this ford f-250 was just scraped and dented in and uh, i thought you know what okay so it's it's the left side it's not the right side so if a client's looking at my truck they're like hey there's a nice slick ford f-250 now if they were to walk around to the other side it doesn't look so hot and then obviously neighbors across the street different ball game (laughs) so but to our existing clients We looked presentable, and it came in at I think it was like eighteen hundred or something like that. I think I bought it for eighteen hundred bucks. And man, I was I was proud of that truck. I drove that thing home just beaming. Biggest truck I'd ever owned, three quarter ton Ford F two fifty, and I got it for a steal, man. Well, anyways, I was getting ready to try to scale up and hire a guy the next year, and that truck needed some work. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead. I've got some cash. I'm going to reinvest in some growth. And it was the winter, and Brooke and I had already discussed this. We'd gotten a game plan, and uh, oil was down at this time, like actual oil. So the, the oil market, the oil economy was, was dipping. And so I had noticed online a lot of trucks were coming for sale in Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma, Texas, anywhere where there was big oil, a lot of guys were getting out from under their trucks, whether it be used, new, and they were selling them for very, very cheap. And that was just the market. So I was like, man, I've got I got to go down here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy a truck. Well, I, I started off heading that direction with Brooke with one truck in mind. And we got down there. I probably didn't do my due diligence because the first truck we looked at, man, it was, it was a mess. It had been a snowplow truck and then handed off to like three or four other people. We took it to the mechanic and the guy was like, I don't even know why this guy's showing you this truck. I mean it's about ready to freaking fall apart at the seams under here. He lifted it up, showed me. I was like, oh boy. But my personality, man, when I'm like when I've decided I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. I'm like, Brooke, I know I mean, I know we drove all the way down here. Let's visit some of your family, but I'm buying a freaking truck down here. So we kept looking and we found a nice Chevy 2003. This thing was a monster. I mean, it was huge. It was four door, three quarter ton, long bed, and man, when I when he came driving around the corner with it, it's it's all white. He had it cleaned. So, woo, baby! I'm gonna be buying this thing, and it wasn't much. I I can't remember how many miles were on it at that time, but I think the price tag on it was around fifty six hundred bucks, and fifty six hundred bucks to me was like. And it may be to you right now, and, and so I'm not knocking you guys if you're there, but 5600 bucks, it still is, and it was a lot of money. And to me, that was almost every penny I had in the world. And good decision or bad decision, I had, I had made the decision with my wife saying, this is the investment we need to make. It's going to be a good, solid truck. It's going to give us a good return. We're going to be able to put our spray tank on it. We're going to pull all of our equipment. So I bought it. And moved the money over. I had to do, I think it might have even been a little more than I thought because I had to move the money over from my business account and then a little more. And I just, I remember this this pressure that I felt, this anxiety that I already felt. And as I'm moving the money over, it's finalized. I told the, the, the lady on the phone, the, the banker that was doing the transfer, you know, it's for a truck, da, 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 da and i'll never forget and and this is this is where i want to resonate with you guys cuz i'm sure you can you can feel my pain on the other end of the phone i'm already feeling this this pressure this anxiety this anxiousness from the decision i'm getting ready to make i'm i'm in oklahoma i'm not even in kansas city uh, i'm i'm 9 hours away i've looked at trucks haven't found one found this one i'm getting ready to drop a boatload of money every penny i have on future growth of the company. And this lady says, well, the money is moved. You now have a truck, but you've got no money. And I was just like, oh my gosh. What have I just done? What have I just done? I'm I'm married. I've got my wife in Oklahoma. I, I've got now two trucks, Brit. Like what... I've got one junker from an alcoholic mechanic. I've got another might be junker in Oklahoma. I was like, please Lord, tell me this truck is a blessing and not a curse. Tell me it's going to get back to Kansas city. But I just remember the feeling when she said, and I was just like, I I was just like, Oh, and in my mind, I'm thinking, thank you. Faceless. Faceless bank teller lady over the phone for your unsolicited opinion on my business and my business growth. Thank you for making this decision so much worse. (laughs) So I tell you guys that story and I share that funny, funny memory just so you know, like I've, I've been there. I am there. We all make these decisions to grow, but going back to the one foot in front of the other, Brooke and I were on the same page. We knew we needed to reinvest in growth. We knew that we'd be able to get a return on it. We knew we were going to be investing in equipment and another guy to take one more step forward. And there was pressure. There was a a, a little anxious feeling. We were dipping down to absolutely nothing, but we were cutting deep with a purpose. We had already proven that our business could sustain itself. We we already proven that we could sell, that we could add value. And so once you have your next move... Put one foot in front of the other no matter what somebody tells you. No matter what it is, you need to keep moving forward in your business. And there's always going to be an obstacle. There's always going to be some fear of the unknown, some level of uncertainty. But you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. Here's what I want to hit on next. Um, I, know, I know that was a lengthy story, but hopefully it helps you. Hopefully it made you smile knowing, holy crap, Britt went down to nothing for a couple junker trucks. Um when should I hire the first person? All right. I will say this as quickly as you can. All right. The margin has to be there. So short answer to this question, and, and we get it a lot. We hear it on other podcast episodes. Um, let, me, let me tell you this. Uh, go listen to Brian Fullerton. The Fullerton Unfiltered podcast. Go listen to Paul Jameson, the Green Industry podcast. Uh, Paul talks a lot about this like, when should I hire? Um, and he does a really good job also of, of laying out your numbers, of knowing your numbers so that you can scale up. But I would say, as a general rule of thumb, you know, when you're first starting out, your profit margins look good. So if you're at 30 to 50% profit margins and you're just absolutely overwhelmed and overworked and easily putting in 70 hour work weeks, higher. Hire a guy. Hire a gal, somebody to help you out. Now, run the numbers on it, obviously, and and run it so that if you don't grow at all and you hire that person, are you still going to make a small profit? Because if you are, go ahead and take the jump. Because I promise you, if that person is the right fit for your company, you're going to be able to scale up. Now, when you do it, this is not a okay, now I can sit back and and just work 40 hours a week. No, this is is another step forward. This is another tick up, okay? So hire that person, bring them on board. Take the time during those early stages where you may be worried about having the amount of work to get back up to 30% profit margins. Take that time to make sure that first hire knows every single thing that you know. Whenever there's a question, they're gonna answer it the way you want. Whenever there's a problem, whenever there's an issue, Whenever there's a sale, they're going to be able to emulate and mirror and reflect exactly what you want. That's where the scalability comes in. And I promise you, if you're in those profit margins, you take the jump to hiring somebody quality, you're not going to regret it. Now, do take the time right now to start vetting people. We've talked a lot about ride-alongs, okay? So, So list out what your perfect hire would look like, what qualities, what core values. List the mission and the vision for your company and start to attach people to that. And then do ride-alongs to vet them. Show them, hey, this is what we're going to be doing day in, day out. And slow roll them into your company. You do the ride-alongs. You hire them. You do a probation period, a little training period. and. Um, but my point with all of this is the right time to hire your first guy or girl is as soon as possible when you're in that 30 to 50% profit margin and you're overworked. That is my personal opinion. Um, so take that with a grain of salt, I guess. All right, lastly, as we wrap up here, I do appreciate you guys listening, is we want to talk about reinvesting in yourself, your team, and your brand. okay we we chat a lot on other shows and have heard from other people about reinvesting in equipment. That's great. You know, you go to the GIE Expo, you're looking at all these slick mowers, new equipment coming out. But you have to be willing to reinvest just as much, if not more money, into yourself. So this is where you need to be carving out. And it doesn't always have to be monetary. Carving out time to make sure you're listening to good podcasts, listening to audible books, reinvesting in leadership, communication, personal growth, small business books, classes, conferences. That is never a bad idea. You, you listen to any of the top people in any game and they're going to be people that Reinvest heavily into themselves. So focus on reinvesting in yourself, not just equipment. Focus on reinvesting into your team. All right? If your number one problem is hiring, your number one problem is retaining, leading, reinvest into your team. Carve out the time to make sure you're doing that. And then last but not least, we all sell, we all market, but reinvest in branding. Reinvest into making your company have a story, making your company have a face. That way, someone can attach themselves to your brand through multiple outlets. All right? Marketing is easy. Sales can come easy. But the branding is the hard part because you don't see an immediate ROI. Build your personal brand. Build your company's brand. And you will see that play out over five years into something that actually has equity, you know, you have a sellable business. You might have a scalable, repeatable system, and it's from the brand. All right? You go to you go to Quick Trip. You go to Chick-fil-A. You go to all these places. They're a brand, and people are drawn past other companies to this brand. Now, the quality has to be there, but they've also branded themselves for years and years and years. So I would just say that. Lastly, reinvest in yourself. Reinvest in your team. All right guys, I do want to tell you this. All right? We have a lot of listeners, but we would love to get more people just like you. And why why do we want more people just like you? Are you are you thinking, "Oh man, Brit's just selfish. You know, he he just wants to get more people for for his own sake, his own personal benefit." No. We want to reach more people so that we can help more people. We want to reach more people. If this if this is giving you value, we would love to be able to help those people just like you. Um, had people reach out last week saying, hey, the ride-along advice, it, it really has been a game changer for how we hire and how we retain people. Um, so stuff like that, man, little, little golden nuggets of stuff we've done wrong that may help you leapfrog ahead in the game. That's what it's all about. So please share this episode. If you haven't yet subscribed to it, leave us a review. When you subscribe, that's going to allow you to have the episodes automatically downloaded. So when they drop Thursday and then a growth segment drops Friday, that thing is already going to be on your phone, ready to rock and roll when you hop on the mower or start that landscaping job. It's going to be already downloaded onto your phone. So do that for me. And then, um, or if you're on Spotify, you can also just click the follow button. Um, but any of that is going to give us some traction so that we can reach more guys and girls just like you. So appreciate you guys listening in. This has been another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast, and we hope you guys keep at it.